Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Your host, always and forever, Lindsey Brown here, recording this on May 16th around 7 p.m. So I've had a couple of hours to kind of digest and cool down from game one of your Vegas Golden Knights opening series in the playoffs against the Minnesota Wild. We end up losing one to nothing in overtime and what is being sold as a goaltending duel, which it very much was. Um, but it also was more a war of attrition in a subset of discipline, I think. I think it's a very specific type of win that the Minnesota Wild were able to secure and basically steal home ice advantage from the Vegas Golden Knights in a way. I mean, not all is lost, obviously. It's one game, one goal, one shot. But that's how little separates the Golden Knights kind of negative dissension that you can go down, that we might go down a little bit here, just I'm not really sure yet, versus finding a way to get it done, get a puck behind wild netminder Cam Talbot, who was good today, but not really challenged, to be honest. The Golden Knights were very much kept to the outside of the Minnesota Wild offensive zone. I thought the Wild and Knights played a really strong first period. I thought that it was definitely in the favor for the Golden Knights. I was just impressed that their defensive zone wasn't a chaotic just cluster because that's what kind of what happened against the Wild when I saw them in Minnesota at the XL Energy Center. The Minnesota Wild have such a good forecheck, are so relentless at sending two forwards hard and trapping the Golden Knights below the goal line. But the Golden Knights were able to get some good forechecks, or I should say breakouts going early where they were getting the puck up. And it wasn't even where they were using their their wing outlet on the half wall there that they usually look to pass. Then, you know, they're like, oh, I'll pass it to the center that's either breaking or the far side wing. No, they were using more of like, they were kind of lasering the puck towards their stick and the puck was redirecting and blooping into the neutral zone, which is just a different way of chipping it out, which I'm a huge fan of, as I said before on this show. Um, again, you're listening to The Nightcap on CBS Sports Radio 1140. It's a podcast, part of our larger uh, hockey platform here. But 
when in doubt, chip it out. That's like a coaching mantra of mine along with do less, don't work as hard, like legitimately, because I've met a lot more people that are more wired to overdo, to overstretch, to overextend than people who don't do enough. And maybe that's just because I'm used to working with people that are, you know, progressed after the layers of, of people are weeded out through through childhood, through youth and, and the elite, you know, in college and stuff. And so maybe that's what it is. But to be totally honest, that's where the sweet spot is for Marc-Andre Fleury is for me sometimes. I feel like he can get a little bit outside of himself, but I thought he was excellent today. Obviously, the glove was... Let's just say top notch, little embellishment, but you know what? The guys earned it. He had that one save on Kaprasov where he like threw his glove hand behind him because he was going back blocker side. Kaprizov's like dragging him about to like score, but somehow he like literally wraps himself around the pole, like misses incredible, and gets it with his glove arm behind him. I'm like, what the hell is this? Obviously. I jumped up in the press box because I'm one of those people. I cheer for the saves and for the plays, not for the jerseys or the people. But Fleury is one of those guys who I kind of secretly cheer for as well. Because how could you not? He's brilliant. He was brilliant today. He's been brilliant all year. And it's disappointing for me, as I'm sure it is for him and the rest of the team. I haven't had a chance to watch all the press conferences yet. I'm going to. Uh, I try to do a little bit more of a work-life balance, and I'll do that for tomorrow's show on the Playmakers um, 3 to 5 p.m. on CBS Sports Radio, 11.40. So that's 11.40 a.m. here. And then there's an app, the Odyssey app. It's free. You can download it. You should have it already, considering you're already listening to this. But back to what I was saying. So Flurry, Flurry is one of those guys that can kind of get outside of himself if, if, the, if the defensive zone is chaotic, which it wasn't today, like I said, through that first period. But the problem was is that the Golden Knights were peppering Talbot with shots from the outside. Like, they – as that first period kind of turned and as the second period started, you have a you have the Golden Knights almost out shooting them five to one and Vegas having its way with uh, the the Minnesota Wild in terms of their zone entries. They were stepping on them high, just like they were in the the Avalanche game the other night, which was a obvious low scoring close game that they end up losing. The Golden Knights can win those games, but it's not their, you know, best case MO. It's not their best identity where it gets everybody feeling their their finest and their best and their most confident. But the last two, including that that Avs game, they lost. And it was partially because they weren't able to maintain that level of dominance in that neutral zone where they had the time and space to get changes for their defensemen and have the the gap in, you know, just seconds before the Minnesota Wild players would come to to enter. And you have to have, you know, enough time to step and, and keep your speed up. Like, it's very much like it, you know it when you're not supposed to do it. And that's taken away in the second period. And so that their ability to shut down the neutral zone was dramatically changed. And say in that first period they were able to thwart 8 out of 10 of the Minnesota Wild legitimate attempts to get in the zone. The second period say it goes to the five or six range. And while that's only a difference of two or three, those can be the big ones where all of a sudden you get Mark Stone, Stevenson, 
and Nosek stuck out there in a long change. And Nosek hasn't played in a couple of weeks because he's been banged up. Remember, he had COVID this year. like So he's not exactly rolling on all cylinders, and he definitely doesn't have the speed that Stevenson and Stone have. So he's getting caught out there for a long shift, and all of a sudden that gets all these other things jumbled up, which leads to a chaotic environment. And then all of a sudden you give up a couple of changes, you have a couple of more shifts, like, and then Flurry kind of starts getting in that because he can start to feed in on that. And but he stayed steady, like he kept them in that game when he needed to. And Vegas Golden Knights kept shooting, kept shooting, kept shooting. And we know about their ability to do that, their propensity to do that. But it's not a question about that. Our question about this team is can they finish? And more importantly, can they finish without Max Patch ready in that lineup? Because it hasn't really been on display, if you ask me at least not against these high-level teams. And without Pacioretty, they can't really get the time or space to get Stone or Stevenson going because, first of all, nobody can skate with them. Like, Pacioretty somehow can keep up with them because they they set up the offense around him, so they raise his level. But with anybody else besides Tuck, who was rolling today, and they went to Tuck, Stevenson, Stone line later on, and I think they should have done it earlier because – then all of a sudden you get Stone playing in the defense mode and you think and all this confidence that should be being built up by the Golden Knights in that top line, Stone and Stevenson and Pacioretty, who's not drawing people away from Stone and Stevenson because they have to give him the respect as one of the best goal scorers, as one of the best finishers in the league. So it's just a lot more congested, a lot more clogged up. And all of a sudden there's not that much differentiation between our lines. Like I thought the second line, Marshy, Carlson, and Smith, they played fine. Like, they had chances, but they're just as prone to take shots from the outside as anybody, like, especially Carlson. I mean, I know that they did really well in the faceoff. Dot here, let me look at the stats. I'm trying to figure this out. I suppose I could probably slow down. I don't have to talk this fast. Okay. Game summary. We're clicking on it. Oh, not the wrong sheet. Anyways. Here's the deal, though, is that you have a face-off summary here. We have an even the Golden Knights at even strength; they're winning 50% of them power play, 90% shorthanded, 60% others. So, like, I think Carlson's made great strides in, in this department, especially since they had to leave, let Stasny go. Is that they needed to have somebody who could step up and do this, and I think that he's done it for the most part. Why are these stats so hard to find? This is what I hate. Okay, he had a face-off percentage of 56, which is pretty good. But it's not enough to make a huge difference. And it's just like they get slowed down. They'll get bogged down by physicality, too, because they're the biggest team in the NHL. And so if, like, the Minnesota Wild want to play that game, which they can because they have Foligno, they have Erickson Eck, who end up scoring the game winner out, out in front wide open. And if they would have just, like, read my article that was posted a couple days ago on the Odyssey Sports website that's titled Soak It Up colon golden knights pre postseason insight you can find that on my social media and stuff like that um they would have known to better cover up the their vulnerability in the slot especially when the play originates the goal line because if they would have done a better job of that first of all flurry wouldn't have had to made nearly as many absolutely gorgeous saves so in a way it's baptism by fire it makes the show and it breaks the show but that's the type of goal that beat them and they're very vulnerable with that like i said due to the Minnesota Wild forecheck due to the Golden Knights getting away from their identity, which is their ability to keep 
their opposition out of their zone and to forecheck them and to keep the puck down there. And after that second period started turning and that they started losing the neutral zone, they started to get sloppy on breakouts and turning pucks over a lot, getting caught flat-footed on blocks. It was not good. And it's because that long change hinders VGK's ability to step up aggressively on zone entries and they're getting caught in their zone easier and longer. And just those few plays here and there add up to them playing a game that isn't theirs, them playing more defensively, which eats away at their confidence more than most teams. And it turns to into a game about discipline. And that's how you beat that Minnesota Wild because they have the experience in the back end, because they have a, a defensive-minded just fabric of the franchise identity, because Coach Dean even – Everson doesn't have like a first, second, third, fourth line. They're all just like these lines that can all do certain things in certain situations, and they can out hit you, they can out grind you, they can out think you. They will wait in the weeds until you make a mistake or you start getting a little bit bored with the with the type of hockey that you're having to play. I'm not saying that's what happened to the Golden Knights, but I'm just saying that they have enough spark in themselves now where they can turn a couple of plays over and all of a sudden they can get going offensively and they can get going in terms of holding us in the zone and us tiring ourselves out, not being able to convert on the power play again, 0 for 3. Marcia still said it himself the other day, they, they should have enough talent on this roster to have two good power plays and none of them get it done today. And it's because they get off their game. Apparently... I don't know if this is true because this statistician is crazy. We're talking about the first game of this series. Apparently, apparently the Minnesota Wild had 71 hits and VGK had 57. That is outrageous to me. And I felt like it was a physical game and it was played mostly along the boards, which should tell you something about the Minnesota Wilds' just strategy in terms of getting Vegas off of their game. Because after this this game started to turn that tide. Minnesota started to get the lion's shares of chances and the positive momentum in the second frame. Flurry had came up big, but VGK was too easily relegated and tried to force more plays outside when they're not scoring and not getting the looks that they want. It's just kind of like this shell that they put themselves into. And we saw it last year in the playoffs. We've seen it against the Minnesota Wild this year. We've even seen it during the Avs games at certain points this year. And that's the thing is because Vegas's record, hold on, I have these notes that I took, that I haven't even used on anything, and I'm going to use them right now, about, like, Vegas's goal differential. Like, because they have, like, a massive goal differential, and it's a stat that I've seen used on a couple graphics on TV. And I took some notes the other day about, like, this matchup specifically. But in terms of Vegas, Golden Knights, goals four versus playoff teams, during the regular season, they scored 76 and against the bottom teams that did not make the playoffs, we're talking about all the teams that are not the Wild, the Avs and the and the Blues, they scored 115 goals. That's a difference of 40. Oh, God, I'm being, trying to do math. 76. Okay, we're going to do math just like Blackjack. So it's 40. So it's 39 goal difference. That's like a huge pet. And then goals against, they gave up 60 against playoff teams, and they gave up 64. They gave up more goals against the bottom feeder teams, but their goal differential, oh my God, no, I have to do more of that. 65, so that would be 50. So it's minus one. It's be 49. There's a plus 49 goal differential against the bottom teams, and then there's a plus 16 versus playoff teams. 
And again, these Minnesota Wild games have been either crazy low, high scoring where there's been a comeback or they've been like one nothing, two nothing, these these grinded out type of efforts. And they've given up the most goals against two Minnesota this season. Fact. Goals against per game versus Minnesota is 3.0. Their next closest opponent would be 2.38. It's insane. Like it's 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 insane how kryptonitic I'm making up a word as I go. And I don't even like superheroes. Like it's such an overtired genre, but nonetheless, it is the Achilles heel of the Golden Knights and like multiple different layers their matchup against the Minnesota Wild today. And that was and today was just like another way that they found a way to beat you. But at the end of the day, it's like their decor knows how to wait in the weeds, knows how to keep you to the outside, knows how to make you feel like you're doing all this work, but all you're doing is shooting from the outside. And so you pump up Cam Talbot's tires and you keep running them around in their defensive zone. It's just, even if they've successfully kill off the two penalties that they did against the Minnesota Wild, which don't have a good power play, but still find ways to have an ungodly percentage over the Minnesota or over the Golden Knights versus everybody else. Like the Vegas Golden Knights have the best overall PK in the league this regular season at 86.8%. But against Minnesota, they're at 78% this season, which would make them 21st worse than 21st overall in the league. Like, a very, very deep like, drop. Like, it's it's not even 10%, but that's how, that's how um, close everything is at this level. But, you know, you have Vegas, like, getting a power play at with 10 minutes left in the third period, and they call a timeout, which I'm like, all for. Hell yeah, Pete, drop a play. Like, let's get some genius out here. Let's get some shit started. Let's create some chaos. Let's dominate. And let's go get a fucking goal because we need one bad. We need one right now. And we need to be the team that scores the goal. Because at this point, you have pumped up Cam Talbot. Fleury's holding you in. You got to go get one for your boy. This is your best chance. You have... The capabilities. You have the people minus Max Pacioretty. You can get it done. And I don't even think they get a shot on that, guys. Because because Minnesota went out and blocked shots. Like, usually the Vegas blocks a lot of shots. Minnesota had 23. Vegas had 13. Like And like I said, Vegas missed a lot of nets, too. They, they passed out of a shot they should have taken quite a few times. That happened a couple times with Alex Tuck. That happens a lot of times with William Carlson. Like, they had chances but as they progress in the game and if they don't get a goal if they don't get the reinforcement the reward the actual tangible here you are you did a good play here you go here's a goal to to generate your lead like they don't get that then they start thinking oh it's me it's clearly me it's like a bad relationship it's like well they're not texting me back so clearly like I need to figure out what's wrong with me like clearly I am the one with the problem because I'm trying to be on top of my shit and they're not. And I must be doing something because they don't want to respond to me. No, it's the other person. They should be texting you back. I'm not saying like it has to be like do 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 like back and forth every two minutes, but just like out of respect, like at a, at a respectable pace. No, it is not you. It is them. It is them. Establish your expectations. I love giving advice that I can't take myself. It's hilarious. Nonetheless, we're of attrition. They're waiting it out. We're not. Goalie duel. We're going to go to the OT. Guys, Vegas is 9-0 in OT this year in games decided in overtime. 9-0. 
but that's three for three v three. I'm not saying I jinxed it, but I tweeted. I said, "Don't worry, guys. Vegas is nine and zero, and I'm like, none of it matters, and none of what I say has bearing on it, obviously." But then they lose Jewel Erickson Eck out in front because we had Riley Smith sneak down a little bit lower than he should have, which mistakes are going to be made. Somebody had to score a goal. Like, that's straight up. Like, somebody was going to have to win. But to quote my article again on the first point, like I said, find an Odyssey Sports.com. It's on my social media platforms. My number, number one point, VGK could be vulnerable in the slot, especially when play originates from below the goal line. And they had a turnover. We had... A D going for a ride. Another D in front covering. You had William Carlson covering the strong side to take away the passing lane. Riley Smith should have been a little bit higher, and Marshy was probably a little bit too high. Nonetheless, Martinez goes out for a block like he always does, and it tips off of him. It's, you, you, they always get soft in this area. They always let up these little chances. While it's like a bang-bang tip play, like it's nobody's fault except it's everybody's fault. It's everybody's fault but Flurry's, like honestly. Because he had like four or five of those saves today. And you have to score a goal. Like you have to find a way to get traffic in front of Cam Talbot. You have to find a way to get him moving from his right to his left and getting him go glove side. Like, he is really vulnerable to layered attacks in the zone. So if you can get, like, if they have Shea Theodore in the top of the zone with the puck in the offensive zone and he can somehow get it to, like, Marshy sneaking back door, like, and and shoot from there, like, you're going to get him nearly every GD time. Like, they they were all over him earlier this season. But lately, he's had them figured out. I mean, even in the first game against Minnesota last week, which I was in the XL Energy Center for, they had him. They, he gave up a really shitty goal to Alex Tuck, and it was like offsides. And there was another questionable one too. But he didn't. wasn't on the game. He wasn't on his game. And then Vegas, it didn't. They didn't relax, but they didn't keep climbing. They didn't keep scratching. They allowed Minnesota to kind of gnaw their way back in. And then 97 finds a way to score a goal. So they did a really good job of keeping Kaprizov completely neutralized today because he didn't score. But at the end of the day, they have people that will outgrind you, out, you know, just chip you. They'll find a way to find a puck, win the puck battle, or to get the lat, get their stick on it, reach around you, but still not hook you or do anything illegal. Like these are like these little things, these little micro movements and battles, like where they bump off each other and just stopping on pucks just a millisecond quicker. Like it's a mindset. Like this is where whatever you practiced has become permanent in the way that you play. And it's really hard to out smart a team that is so used to grinding things out and having such a business-like demeanor in approaching games. And ours is just so much more emotional and and dependent on adrenaline rushes and rushes of the puck and big plays and big hits and roars of the crowd. Like, that's what makes them special. That's what makes them fun to watch. But it's also what kills them when there's not enough you know, stimulus in the game for them to to get themselves going when they can't find a way to finish. Like, and I suppose that's like a very generic way to look at a hockey team. You're like, oh yeah, Linz, it's such like deep insight. But I'm just like saying like in terms of what is, who our opponent is and how they play us and how we play them. And they figure out a way to kind of petrify the Golden Knights or to just keep that, to kind of stifle their creativity 
and then all of a sudden get them to be worried about, well, I, instead of an A minus, I need an A. Oh, jeez. We're, we're getting super deep and personal. This is hilarious. I love this. Um, you start worrying about the perfectionism of it or, or getting pucks to that, pucks to that. Like, it just takes away. And there was even parts of the power play, like I said, when they drew up with Pete DeBoer, where they have, like, Marsh would have the puck on the on like the face off dot. I remember they're in you know power play formation and the wild were like in a Y almost. It was like even a collapsed diamond. And this is like deep hockey talk. I'm sorry if this is a little bit of over your head. Um, but so Marshy like goes out has nothing and then does a power turn back to the boards and then like walks in and I get he wants to get some steam. It's just got like a running back. It's just like Josh Jacobs for the Raiders actually cuz he needs a head of steam to really go cuz he was up the middle, up the gut. And that was kind of what Marshy was trying to do, but that's what I mean at that point of the game, they have got they've gotten so cerebral about it cuz they're like we have to come up with a genius plan to, to beat Camp Talbot, to beat this team, to be to to find a way cuz we're we're grinding it away. We're working. And and at that's the thing. You just have to trust the process and it either happens or it doesn't. And it did in the Golden Knights' favor tonight. But like I said, they kind of deviated and then they become too micromanagey of, of what they're trying to do. And so the Wild would just like block the shot or they'd miss the net or it'd be like a one shot, but it's high. So it's, you know, circling around the boards and it's out. It's a self breakout. Like you're like, oh yeah, I'll take that all day if I have a goaltender. Like I'm like, oh good. You just like miss the net out of yourself. Like and it's out. It's perfect. Because now you have to do two or three more steps just to get back to where you are standing right now. You got to go out. You have to stay on sides. Probably have to go line change. You got to loop back in. You got to have the tiring right. You got to have the puck. Like there's a lot of things they have to do just for you to get back to where you are. So you wasted all that work to get here and now it's back the other way like it's 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 the worst but it's the best if you're the opposition and that's where these little ways where the Golden Knights just kind of beat themselves and that's that's what I think kind of happened today it was a great game it was a great performance by Cam Talbot Marc-Andre Fleury a true goalie battle but it was not the Golden Knights way I think that can be attributed to the fact that Max Pacioretty wasn't out there still, to the fact that they were having Reeves and Nosek and, and who else was out? Tuck came out in the set, and then Martinez. Like, it's been a while since they've had everybody back on the lineup. I'm not going to say that that's a big enough disruption. If anything, that should be like a plus, that should be a boost. Same with the crowd and stuff. Um, but it's about, you know, somebody figuring out to make a figure out a way to make a play or, or or to just to beat somebody to to want it more to to make sure that you don't get a little bit too low like it can happen to anybody and you don't blame anybody but at the end of the day a play was made on their side and it was not on yours and that was a difference and you need to not waste the greatness that is Mark Andre Fleury by not being able to score goals like it's on everybody today. I even saw Mark or Mark Stone pull up on a couple plays I was just like what the hell like what's happening here but when he's focused on doing too many other things, that doesn't make that doesn't allow him to be play his game. That makes him special. It's gonna be hard for him to make anybody else special. And so, sort of these little things like the next man up mentality works until he reaches his capacity, and then all the things that are left over from him that he can't do because he's reached his capacity now have to be taken care of of the by the Mark Stones and whatever by the other people who, if they had their normal teammate there or somebody, they would that's responsibility they know there's like this this unsaid weight and layer that is taken care of and so not a raking you can't get to the point where anybody's special then it's it's not it's gonna be really hard for this team to go especially against a, a team as experienced as committed and as um as underdoggy as as the wild like they're a little bit in the heads 
and hopefully they'll be they'll be able to rectify it on uh, once the next game today is Sunday. So it'll be Tuesday. Avs will play tomorrow and watch it. The the Tampa Bay Lightning just beat the Florida Panthers. I think five to four, four to three, something like that. Hi Halsey. Um, but yeah, they have to get things figured out here because if they go down two nothing and they and they go back to Minnesota, like. Pfft, as speaking as somebody from Minnesota, you don't think like the the crowd will be insane, like the city will be insane. The team already has so much belief in itself already with the Caprizov edition and all that stuff. You can listen to previous episodes on this podcast. I think I like ranted for an hour just about that, about the Wild as a matchup and Caprizov specifically, about how much he matters to that team and how much and what and how much of a breath of fresh air he is and belief in that in in themselves and that they haven't had in a very long time, if ever. And so that's not a spot you need to be in. You need to win the next game, and ideally you'd like to win the next game in a in, um, divisive fashion, just to, like, reestablish a little stance here, not even of dominance at this point, but just of, like, respectability. Not, or not a disrespectable effort, obviously, but just, like I said, there's a little bit too much history that's – that's weighted and leaning on the side of the Minnesota Wild and the Golden Knights, and that is concerning to me. But we're going to be here along for every step of the ride of the playoffs. We have plenty of content. I've mentioned a couple of my articles. Like I said, find that on our website on Odyssey Sports at CBS Sports Radio 1140, Golden Knights page. I also have links to it on my social media. If you don't follow me on Twitter already, I'm at, at LindsayBrown35. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-B-R-O-W-I, and then the number 35. Instagram uh, at L I N D Z B R O W N 35 Linz Brown because of branding, obviously. And so that's where I put all my stuff. Got the writing, got the random thoughts, random bits of knowledge and bullshit. That's my social media. Do I have anything else? Playmakers, 3 to 5 p.m. on CBS Sports Radio 1140 on the Odyssey app if you're not here in town on the frequency on the old radio. And then, um, yeah. That's it. I think that's it. That's it. Game one in the books. Week two in the books. All this probably could have been avoided if we just won the President's Trophy last week against the Avalanche, but then we had to lose it in a one-goal game in the third period. It's all been downhill from there. See you next week, friends. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.